What's up, Red Wave? Caleb here. Hey, I got to get back to watching The Office with my wife, and it's the one where Kevin drops the chili, so I'm going to make this really quick, okay? We want to thank our sponsors, Givoli Winery and Brick Lovin. Thank you to you guys. If you've never been out there, please go out there. It is a gorgeous facility located on Biola just off of Shaw. They have lots of wine. You need your wine fixed. They got it. Lots of different whites, reds, and sweet wines. Brick Lovin has three different kinds of pizzas daily. That is cheese, pepperoni, and a margarita pizza. And that is a brick brick oven, wood fire. And the dough is homemade. It's amazing. Best pizza in the Central Valley. Guaranteed. And then Brick Lovin also has a specialty pizza every weekend. I, I can't tell you what it is. I don't know what it's going to be this weekend. But this past weekend, it we there were uh, onions, sweet white onions, peppers, some spicy pepperoni, uh, and some sausage. Oh, it was so good. The dough was so good. And if you are looking for a venue to host a party at, Givoli has a beautiful barn. And we started doing our recordings there, and it is awesome there. You guys need to go check it out. Their hours are in the month of July, Friday from 6 to 9, Saturday from noon to 9, and Sunday from noon to 5. That is in the month of July. If, if it's not in July, go Saturdays and Sundays, noon to 5, and tell them that Caleb sent you, and most likely I'll be there. So thanks again, everyone. We're going to get you into Justina Matson. You can find us on Instagram at Beware of Bulldogs Podcast, on Twitter at Beware of Bulldogs Podcast, or send us an email at Beware of Bulldogs Podcast at gmail.com with people that you would like to hear, recommendations, uh, what you would like to hear, uh, how we're doing. Let us know. And we love to hear uh, how we can get better. So please enjoy Justina Matson, and as always, go dogs. Welcome everyone to Beware of Bulldogs podcast. This is Caleb Nail, your host, and today we have a special co-host with me. Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to you first. Chris is not here. He uh, ditched us. Uh, <laughs> but my wife, Jasmine Nail, is joining us today. How are you, Jasmine? <laughs> here I am. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, it's a way better view now. <laughs> Instead of looking at Chris. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> today, our special guest is Justina Matson. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course, always, <laughs> anytime. Though we've been uh, chatting for a while now, so we're we've become uh, acquaintances. Uh, but before we get started, we want to tell everyone, and Justina made wanted to make sure I told everyone that you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Beware of Bulldogs Podcast and Facebook at Beware of Bulldogs Podcast. And then I have not said this, but we have a an email 
and that is at Beware of Bulldogs Podcast. So we made it really hard for you guys. Everything is Beware of Bulldogs Podcast at Gmail. <laughs> at Gmail. So if you want to tell us who you want on next or uh, let us give us any tips on what uh, how to do things, let us know. Or if you want them to bring you back for a second time. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Request just <Justina>. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you can be our next co-host. Perfect. <laughs> Tell us who or where you're from and about your family. And I know it's hard looking through everything, <laughs> no looking worries. through the mics. But tell us uh, where you're from and about your family and uh, so that we can get to know you a little better. Um, I was born in Portland, Oregon, and then I grew up in Hood River, Oregon. So it's about, I'd say, 45 minutes east of Portland and grew up there from in the in the valley of Oregon so <laughs> when I say the valley I'm usually referring to that but now I refer to Fresno the valley as, I don't yes. know I've lived in the valley <laughs> my whole life let, let it be Oregon or California but I lived there until high school or my senior year and then moved out to the valley in California <laughs> and have lived here for the past four years so what is your what's your family like um so as you know, I'm African-American, but my mom and my stepdad and my two younger brothers are all white. So I grew up in a white home, which most people can tell because I'm not super <laughs> cultured. Well, I am more now, but I wasn't before. <laughs> but I'm really happy to be in Fresno and be around more African-Americans just because I didn't grow up with them and just seeing how everything is different and kind of becoming more aware of my culture and things like that. It's been really nice, but um, my brothers haven't really been into sports. Oh, no. <laughs> um, they are. Now they, they better be now. <laughs> yeah, my brother, they did, like, baseball. Like, of course, kids do, like, t-ball and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's a sport? I mean, yeah, but they didn't like it. They oh, okay. it <laughs> Wait, did you say your sport yet? Oh, what? I did track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did track and field. But my brothers were doing baseball, and they didn't really like it. But then this year... My brother was a sophomore, and he switched over to track, and he's actually really good for his first year, so he's enjoying that. And then, of course, my little brother, my youngest brother, jumped on the bandwagon, too, so he's <laughs> doing track as well. And he started doing distance, and my mom called me, and she's like, Jess, please talk Charlie into not doing distance. I cannot sit through that. <laughs> and so I was like, are you sure you want to do distance, bud? You don't want to, like, try a sprint? And he's like, no, I really like distance. So I called my mom back, and I was like, you're going to have to sit through that 3K, mom, because... <laughs> I can't change his mind. <laughs> now, are they, so they must be skinny and white. Yep. So, yeah. And they're younger. Perfect <laughs> for distance. <laughs> I did distance and I'm short and brown, but yeah, my family did not come to my meetings. <laughs> they didn't want to watch me run in a circle for 12 laps. I mean, my middle brother, he's 50, oh, he's 60 now, just had a birthday, got his license, terrifying. Oh my gosh. But he does the hurdles, long jump, javelin, and high jump, and I'm trying to convert him into a deck, but mm -hmm. we'll see. Because I do the heptathlon, which is seven events. It's for women. The deck is ten events for men. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not so sure about it yet, but we're still talking him into it. Well, good for you. <laughs> so all brothers then. Yeah. I'm oh. the only girl. Yeah. How is that? Um, well, like it is for most households, like, girls are treated different than boys. Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to date until I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, good, I, good. I didn't. <laughs> I listened to my parents, wow. and I didn't start dating until I was a sophomore. But my brother, who's now 16, got to start dating when he was 
in the seventh grade. Oh, good lord. And so I'm like, okay, so four years before I start dating, he gets to start dating? It's just ridiculous. But everything's different. I was the firstborn, so I was the test child. Mm. Now my little brother is getting away with murder. Preach. Preach. I still can't leave the house after 8 p.m. Oh. And I'm 22 years old. I'm the youngest, and he's the oldest, so we're laughing. No, I resonate with you. Yeah, they get away with so much, and they get so much. And I'm like, wow. If only I was born a little bit later, then it would have been so much faster. <laughs> I would have gotten away with so much more stuff. Yeah, I moved out of the house, got married, and I still have a curfew. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I, I am not used to this. I didn't have a curfew. My sister's like... We Wait, were, you ha- how do you have a curfew? I don't You're married. <laughs> you live in your own house. <laughs> it's, called, it's getting married. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I have a curfew for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I go, like, it's so hard going home on, like, breaks and stuff. Because, like, in college, I can leave the house whenever I want. I live by myself. I am my own person. Mm -hmm. And then I go home and, like, all my friends are home. And we want to go, like, to the bar or something. Because I can do that now. I'm 22. (laughs) And my mom's like, oh, where are you going? And it's 9 p.m. And I'm like, mom, it's 9 (laughs) p.m. What do you mean? The day is young. Like, it's 9 p.m. And then she'll stay awake until I get home. So then I feel guilty. So I don't stay out late. And I'm like, oh, you're really just killing the vibe, mom. (laughs) You hear that, mom? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she knows. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us a little little bit about how you got into track. Um, So in fifth grade, I started playing volleyball and basketball. And I did traveling volleyball. And then once I got... I think it was seventh grade. My mom was like, oh, there's this thing. It's called like the Hershey track meet. It's up. It's for the Valley. Like you should go compete in it. And I was like, what? I've never (laughs) ran ever. Like, I don't know what this is. She was like, oh, all you have to do is run 150 meters. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) So we did it. I did the 150 meters and I won. So (laughs) then I went on to like regionals. And so we went to regionals and that was like the it was a lot of kids and it was fun or whatever. And then I went and got ready for my 150 and I got absolutely dusted, (laughs) dusted, dusted. And I was like, no, (laughs) we are never doing track again, mom. Like that was terrible. I never want to do this again. I never want to feel that humiliation again. And so eighth grade year came and I continued doing volleyball and basketball. And then my um, uh, freshman year of high school, my mom was like, I really think that you should go out for the track team. Like, I know that it was bad your seventh grade year, but like, I think you should do it. And I was really hesitant. I was like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> like, I'm going to stick to what I'm good at, which is volleyball and basketball. I do not want to be embarrassed like that again. And she's like, no, you really should. And so, of course, mothers, she talked me into it. And so I went and I did track <laughs> my freshman year. And I ended up actually winning state. For Oregon oh in the hundred, Stop. and then I was um, runner-up in the two, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm good at this, so I'll continue <laughs> doing it. And then did my, you enjoy it? I did enjoy okay. it. And then my second year, I was runner-up in the hundred, second in the two, and then my junior and senior years, I won both, so that was really nice. But my senior year, I actually was not going to play basketball, and I was going to focus solely on track. Because at that point, I decided track is what I'm going to do in college. So I'm just going to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And then I got really bored. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, okay, I need basketball back in my life. So like two weeks into the season, I went to the coach because he was uh, also the volleyball coach at the time. 
And I was like, can I please come back on the team? Like, I'm so bored. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that's fine. So I was punished. I didn't get to play in the first, like, two or three games or something. But ultimately, I'm glad that I did do basketball my senior year because I got to finish out with all the girls that I started with. And it was a good experience. And then went straight into track. Mm. Did playing other sports help you? Oh, 100%. I wish that the coaches at Fresno State would have let me play volleyball. Really? So bad. Like, it's just good cross-training. Like, Mm -hmm. you use different muscles, different everything. Like, not that I'm burnt out, but, like, if you're just doing the same thing constantly over and over with no type of, like, different stuff. like Different muscles. Like, it's just... You get bored and you get just like tired of it. And like for me, it's nice because I do seven events. Mm -hmm. So I'm always training for something different. But like someone who just does high jump or someone who just sprints, like I'm sure that gets so boring (laughs) because you're doing (laughs) the same thing over and over. But I'm just glad I did other sports and I was a three sport athlete all through high school. Did you feel like a different pressure? Like how you said when you lost that race, it did it feel like it was all on you? And do you think that's why you'd want to quit? Like, no, I just no. didn't like the way I felt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, because I, not that I wasn't used to losing, but at that point, like I had never done anything where it was just like me. Mm-hmm. And so like losing like that, I was like, in my head, I was like, obviously I'm not good at this, so why would I do it again? <laughs> right. right. Type of thing. So I was like, no, I'm not. It's not for me. I'm not good. But like, obviously, if you fail once, just try again, and it might have a different outcome. And it did. Yeah. That's a good mindset to have. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked about your mom pushing you to do track, but once you got into track, who kind of inspired you to keep doing track and keep pushing through? Um. Or did you look up to any famous track stars? Honestly, no. People always ask me that. They're like, oh, like, who is your biggest inspiration in track? And I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't start track until I was in high school, so, like, I didn't really follow it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. Like, I'm still learning about the greats of track and field. Like, I never, like, had an idol, I guess, that I, like, looked up to. And I still, like, I don't. I have, like, athletes that I compare myself to. Like, oh, I want to, like, be more like her. Like, Right now, it's Tiam Nafi, but she won um, the Olympics in 2016, but her and I have very similar body types. Mm-hmm. We're the same height. Like, we just have a lot of similarities, so I, like, aspire to be like her because, of course, she's an Olympian. She won the Olympics, <laughs> and, like, we're very similar in how we train, how we compete, everything. So, like, that's someone that I, like, look at now, but before that, there wasn't really, like, anyone, and then, like, the, the person that kept me, like, going through high school was honestly myself because, of course, my parents, um, they believed in me. They supported me. They went to every single meet that they could. We're always at state. My entire family, my entire community always supported me. But, honestly, it was my drive to want to go to college that kept me going in the sport, in all sport, because it didn't matter what sport it was. Until the end, like until I figured out it was track, that I knew I was going to college for sports because mm-hmm. that's how I was going to get to college with sports because my parents didn't have the money to just put me through college and having all that debt didn't seem feasible to me. Right. It was just like 
being 16 and thinking about having thousands of dollars worth of debt just was like terrifying and then I'm the first in my family to go to college so my parents couldn't really give me any type of like guidance on it either because they'd never gone through it so it was just like really terrifying to think like oh I have to pay all this money and like it was just a big whirlwind of like emotions and I was like athletics is how I'm doing this and that's how I have to get there Hmm. okay tell us about running in Oregon because <laughs> I only know Fresno <laughs> at this valley and it's hot. True. Right. <laughs> Running in that valley, what's it like? So Oregon is very different than the valley. We have four predominant seasons. <laughs> so Is that rain, rain, rain and rain? No, people oh. always okay. think that, but it really like the summer it really doesn't rain that much. Like it gets up to like average around like 93 94 if it's really hot it'll get over 100 like it gets warm but like spring pretty rainy winter of course it's really rainy and snowy and then fall it'll like on and off rain like more towards the end of fall it'll Mm -hmm. rain but like in the winter like winter track was awful (laughs) like we don't there's not a single indoor track in oregon which is crazy like you would think there would be exactly there's not so, like, we'd train in the hallways at school or, like, some days when we had to do longer stuff, we'd have to go do it outside. And I remember one practice, I went outside to do, I think it was, like, 100s, and the wind was blowing, ev- like, literally every direction. It was um, sleet, rain, snow. Like, it was terrible. My face was frozen. And I was like, okay, I just got to get through six 100s. I can do this. It was awful. <laughs> but we got through it, but... You just become accustomed to it, honestly, because when I came to, like, Fresno, I felt so spoiled because I was (laughs) like, it is so sunny all the time. Like, it was March and I was able to practice in a sports bra. I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) Like, at home, it'd still be, like, raining. And, like, I got accustomed to running track meets in the rain, everything in the rain. Like, I remember I ran a 200. I took off my sweats. And by the time I got to the finish line, I was soaked like completely soaked and I was like this is terrible or like jumping into a high jump pit that's covered in water awful the worst experience but I've never had to do that in the last four years because it's never (laughs) like it's like some it rains here like especially the last two years it's rained a lot and Mm -hmm. like it it hasn't been that bad because I've been through worse (laughs) did that help you I mean yeah um I don't know if it helped me but like I'm more accustomed to it than Mm -hmm. my other teammates so like it didn't affect me as much as it would affect them. It's kind of like when conference is here in the Valley and it's super hot and the air isn't great and other schools come in and it really affects them. But like all of us who have been training in that for nine months are like, ha, like <laughs> we got this. Bring on the heat. We've been doing this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're just like, I can't breathe. It's so hot. Get me water. And we're like, yeah, I can go three days without water. <laughs> I'm from the Valley. <laughs> The Fresno Valley. Yeah. <laughs> we got into the with the past football guys. We talked to them about the recruiting process, about football. And so we've become pretty accustomed to what it's like being a recruit for fo- college football. What is the – if there is a difference, but I don't know anything about the recruiting process for mm-hmm. track – Uh, I'm sure it's similar. I think that, so like for the NCAA, they have recruiting just in general. So it's pretty much the same. 
Um, so we get a total of five official visits. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you get to be on campus for a total of three days. No more than that. You can be less than that. Um, an official visit is basically they pay for your food, your hotel, um, all your travel, back and forth, things like that. But they only pay for you. They don't pay for your like parents or anything mm-hmm. like that. So a lot of athletes will have their parents come with them, but that's on their own dime. Like I went on all my visits by myself. Wow. So I was, which was actually, I preferred it that way because then I only had my own opinion. Right. I didn't have like my mom's opinion in my ear. Like, oh, go to the school that's only 45 minutes away. Because like, <laughs> she did go on um, a visit with me to OSU, Oregon State. And we purposely made it um, for the rivalry game between OSU and U of O. And so my parents, of course, went with me to that one so that they could be on the field during the rivalry game. So that was fun. But other than that, they didn't really go with me to any visits. Who do your parents cheer for? U of O. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. We love our ducks. Should I tell her? <laughs> uh, Caleb had one bad run-in with some Oregon Ducks fan, and he has forever sworn oh, them off scarred? as a team. I'm scarred. Well, Marcus McMarion, you know, was at Oregon State. So. Uh, he was a beaver. He, yeah, he was a beaver. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just the ducks. He doesn't mind the beavers. <laughs> but she minds the beavers. I mean, yeah. I don't mind the beavers. I've had a lot of really good friends. My best friend from high school just graduate, graduated from there. Shouts out to Lucy. <laughs> but, I mean, Oregon ducks, like, they're the Oregon ducks. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> When you were running track at your high school, what high school did you go to? Hood River Valley High Hood School. River. Okay. See, Valley. <laughs> <laughs> when you were running track there, the the scouts that came, tell us about your experience with those scouts. Scouts don't come. <laughs> no? No. I'm from a really um, small high school, so I never really had- How many s- people? My graduating class was a little over 300. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it wasn't a lot of us, but um, we didn't really have scouts like that. Um, I had um, like an agent, family friend type of person who sent all my stats out to like colleges. And then I had, of course, like colleges that just contacted me on their own. So you get a letter and it said like, oh, we're interested in you and stuff like that. So like, through high school, I had, like, a binder of all my letters because, like, <laughs> I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Lost it, though. I don't know where it is. <laughs> oh, no. But I had all that. And then the only time that we really had, like, s- college scouts was at, like, our state meet. So, like, at state, college scouts were there. They show up. Because mm-hmm. they're there anyways. Mm-hmm. So, like, they want to see, like, what new talent is coming in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your offers. Um, I had offers from Oregon State, Portland State, University of Idaho, UNLV, Fresno State, and then like a bunch of little colleges. Mm. Um, no one really looked at me. Like I was fast. I ran a 24-5 and 12-80 in high school, but I knew that I wanted to do the heptathlon. I didn't want to sprint just because the way my body set up. I couldn't be successful in the sprints mm-hmm. just because of my leg speed, things like that. I knew I wanted to be a HEP. I knew I was built to be a HEP. But unless you had contacted me, you didn't know that. 
So a lot of schools thought I wanted to be recruited as a sprinter, which just wasn't realistic. So big schools didn't really try to contact me until after my first year. So did any of them know or were all of those schools recruiting you as a sprinter? Um, whenever the school contacted me, I would immediately let them know that I wanted to be recruited as a head. Okay. And then Fresno State knew that and I came in. But my freshman year, I was still a sprinter, <laughs> and I did the multis at conference, even though I didn't train for them, mm-hmm. just because I'm very tall, very lengthy, skinny, and I couldn't really um, lift like I should or train like I should because of just how I was growing. So I wasn't able to do a lot of things my freshman year. So the um, the practice for a HEP is a lot. You have to practice for seven events. And I just couldn't do the load. Like, I couldn't handle it. My body couldn't handle it. I was getting injured. So we just kind of dialed it back, and I just did it at conference, and I did awful. But <laughs> um, after my freshman year, I kind of grew into my body, and we got an actual multi-event coach, and things just kind of skyrocketed from there. Tell us about your uh, your event. Before oh. we get into the meat of it, so sure. everyone knows what when you say HEP or HEPT. Yeah. I say HEP, H-E-P. <laughs> right. So everyone knows. Let everybody know what that is. Okay. So the HEP is seven events over two days. The first day you're going to do four, and then the second day you'll do three. It can d- consists of the 100 hurdles, high jump, shot put, the 200, and the second day you go to long jump, javelin, and the eight. And then in between those events, you have 30 minutes, and that includes your practice time, your warm-up time, getting your marks, everything. So... It's pretty fast-paced. At bigger meets, you'll sometimes get a little more time just because they have a lot of events going, which is honestly not the best. Like at nationals, we had like three hours between shot put and the 200 and then javelin and the eight. And honestly, for HEP, like you're so used to going like so fast that when you have that much time, your body just kind of is like, oh gosh, I don't <laughs> know if I can do this. You so, had a snack or something. Yeah, <laughs> getting like, down. You have to eat, you have to hydrate for that whole three hours. You can't, like, I had to just sit for, well, actually I laid down on a mat for three hours because I couldn't be walking. I couldn't be out in the sun. I couldn't do anything. It was just awful. Oh my gosh. And I was like, the meet's going on behind me. There's so many great people. There's Grant Holloway, Shakari Richardson, all these people running, and I can't even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful. You can't watch. That's the definition of hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I snuck my way up there. Oh, there you to go. To watch. <laughs> Before we get into the meat of the podcast, we'll talk about Fresno State. While, you know, yeah. that's the main reason we're all here, hear about your life at Fresno State. We're going to ask you three ridiculous questions. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I have them pulled up, or I did. Here they go. I'm gonna ask. Well, I'm gonna ask two, and she's gonna ask one. Okay, so we're gonna start you off. Would you rather? Easy. Would you rather? We play this game all the time. Okay, perfect. So you're. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather every shirt you ever wear be kind of itchy, Oof. or only be able to use one ply of toilet paper? You know what. <laughs> one ply of toilet paper because I'm just going to wrap it up <laughs> and then it's going to be like four ply. So 
I am not wearing an itchy shirt. Um, imagine that, like itching all day. That'd be terrible. As as long as it doesn't touch my, it's not super <laughs> itchy on my nips and I chafe. It's cotton ball. <laughs> well, there, yeah. there you never go. said I couldn't use baby wipes. So. Oh, <laughs> true. <laughs> One ply. I'm going with that. Because I'm gonna I'll switch over to baby wipes. For <laughs> <laughs> Buy a bidet. A, oh a bidet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just shake it off. <laughs> I've never used one. I, won't. <laughs> my my grandma's from a third world. Actually, my dad is too, and we had them on every toilet in the house because she refused to use toilet paper. I mean, so makes sense. People come over and be like, "What is this?" <laughs> I've seen like water. in movies and stuff when yeah. people are like, "What is this?" and they press the button and then just like water is squirting everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, "That'd be me." Yeah, hundred percent. That'd be yep. me. <laughs> Those are all my friends. <laughs> okay, the second question: uh, At which door would you like to max out your credit card? Oof. Honestly, like a cheap one, like Forever Twenty One <laughs> or something, because like I'm gonna get a lot. <laughs> That's like, like I, I know nothing about Forever Twenty One. Like, <laughs> like just like a cheap clothing store or like Morphe or just like not a. Like, I wouldn't choose like Gucci or Versace or anything like that because what if my credit card limit is like five hundred dollars? <laughs> one thing. But if I'm at like Forever Twenty One or like Morphe, like I'm getting a whole bag. You get more bang two. for your buck. Yeah, yeah. Like why not? I feel like I you've mean, been I asked these before. You're, just, you're so like I well mean, thought out. She's people, never heard these before. I, I really haven't. A lot of people are like, oh, quality over quantity. But I'm like, <laughs> why? <laughs> like if I get a Gucci bag, I'm gonna wear it how often? Like, never. Exactly. <laughs> Be afraid to break it. Uh-huh. Like. No, I'm not using this because what if I set it down somewhere and there's gunk? Like, now my Gucci bag is ruined. <laughs> but my Forever 21 bathing suit, like, I could throw it away after because it was only $4. Right. Do you do you have trouble, like, wearing the same outfit twice? No, like, absolutely not. I'll wear the same sweatpants every day if I could. <laughs> good for you. I have three older sisters, so they'd always say, oh, you can't wear the same outfit twice. And I'm like, uh. I have a friend that's <laughs> just like that. Her closet is crazy. She is a, like, fashion blogger i guess mm-hmm. her whole instagram is like just fashion and perfect and she will not wear the same thing twice and i'm like okay if you're not gonna wear it again just give it to me <laughs> like it's fine like she'll wear it twice but she won't take a picture in it twice oh like, she'll yeah. be like, oh i already took a picture in this i can't wear it i'm like <laughs> oh my goodness give it to me then i'll wear it four times and take four pictures all right justina Matson, down to earth <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness you're here jazz because i would not know where to go with fashion <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even come up with that question. No, I did. Oh. Yeah, yeah but you probably thought I was going to say something spendy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember what I was thinking. You I think you should have put like a limit on there. Like, oh, your credit card limit is... Because oh. <laughs> currently mine is only $500. So, <laughs> so forever 21 it is. I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to score a lot of big points and say the Bulldog Shop. Oh. Mm. I mean, I get a lot of free gear so oh, i'm yeah, gonna spend that, my yeah, money you do, on that's it right. oh my gosh what did you bring for us uh, <laughs> i don't think it would have fit him but i can bring you some stuff <laughs> what are you trying to say <laughs> you're a little fat yeah. <laughs> it's from all the beer <laughs> i'm just kidding he I said like, that earlier it wasn't me yeah. it wasn't my joke <laughs> uh, i'm i have my self-esteem is not low so i can take it i can take it <laughs> Jess, jasmine laughs She's okay. like I tell him every single night. 
Well, you could teach me about track and how to work out. Yeah, I, I totally can. I've actually thought about being a personal trainer, but then I was like, that's a lot of work, so I might have to rethink that. <laughs> so I'm just going to shoot for the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little easier. <laughs> okay, before I get put down any more, <laughs> last question. So, what is the nerdiest thing you do in your spare time? Oh, I've read every single Harry Potter <gasps> book and watched every single Harry Potter movie, and I would do it all again a hundred times. <laughs> Well, okay, you need to talk to Jasmine. <laughs> Sisters. <laughs> yeah, we only the only DVDs we own are the Harry Potter ones. I love yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. With everything I have. <laughs> okay, so. who's your favorite character? Um I'm very like normal. Like Hermione's my favorite. Yeah. I mean yeah, you can't she know. has to be, right? Yeah. Okay, follow up yeah, question. I mean, yeah. <laughs> We're here in the Harry Potter world. <laughs> uh do you know your house? I'm Slytherin. Oh, <laughs> edgy I like oh my dad's gonna be so happy he's Slytherin he's Slytherin and he's proud like, of I'm it I'm always in between like Slytherin and Hufflepuff okay it's so yeah. weird but yeah that is a weird but I'm more Slytherin I think I'm kind of like what are you Jess I'm Hufflepuff sometimes slide over into Ravenclaw but yeah I'm, I'm the forgotten house proud of it we got Lucky. yeah <laughs> who's in that house only like there's only one cool character from that house. Anyway, we should move on. This isn't the Harry well, Potter I'm, show. I'm Gryffindor. So. Yeah. Of course you are. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> she is turned off right now. <laughs> Everyone wants to be Gryffindor. Yeah. But I am. If I was in that movie, I would be Harry Potter. Because I'm so B.A. <laughs> Just, oh, my goodness. That's a joke. <laughs> but I do not identify with, um, oh, geez, I'm blanking. What's his name? Blonde. Malfoy. Oh. I do not identify with him. He's terrible. No, no. Yeah. Slytherins are very powerful. Low key. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I think his dad paid for him to be in the house because he's too wimpy to be a yeah, Slytherin. Yeah, he's such a wimp. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched part two the other day and I'm just like, every time I'm like, oh my goodness, like why is Malfoy doing, like why is he in this? It just, it just irritates me. Like, yeah. especially the end scene. Like, I'm not going to ruin it t- for any of the listeners. But oh, like, it's too late for them. They missed it. You should have watched it. But the end scene when he's, like, supposed to, like, kill Harry. Like, why are you not doing that? Yeah. Like, that's what you were literally supposed to do. <laughs> and he's like, nope, I'm going to join the other side. He's really a Gryffindor. Like you. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. I'm fat and soft. <laughs> I'm a big teddy bear. Oh, <laughs> that's man. not a bad thing. <laughs> Uh, they can the the camera adds ten pounds. Facts, it really does. <laughs> okay, that's why we chose I'm gonna podcasting. I'm keep all this in. Just so <laughs> I'm I'm keeping all of this in. Oh man. <clears throat> okay, but we're gonna move on. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your decision, uh, choosing F- Fresno State, and that whole process. So my top two schools, ironically, were Idaho State and Fresno State. Idaho so State. What are they? The Tigers. It's in Moscow. They're the Vandals. A- Idaho Vandals. Yes. Okay. And it was them or here. And so I remember like, look, like thinking it over with my parents, like which one do I want to go to? And I was gonna, I was offered um, a full ride by both, but after I didn't sign soon enough with Fresno State, so they bumped me down to an eighty-five percent. Because I didn't sign quick enough. Okay. And I was like, okay, that sucks. <laughs> but then um, I still decided to come here, which is crazy. <laughs> but I was thinking over my family, and I was like, yeah, it's like less. But like when I was there, it felt more at home. I think it had like something to do with like the valley, just like 
being around more people like of color because where I grew up there's really like no one that's like african-american there so like just being able to like see the culture how much like it was just really nice to be here so I like thought that this was home like this was the next place that I was going to be so I was like you know what, the money doesn't matter. Because even with an 85%, everything is still paid for. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't understand that. They think that if you don't have a full, things aren't paid for. But, like, with an 85%, everything was paid for, and I still got a stipend every month. So, like, I was well taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't mind. It <laughs> What is a few extra hundred dollars? I mean, a few hundred, I wouldn't have, would have minded. Wouldn't have minded having that extra <laughs> money. But, like, I could I lived without it. It was fine. So that was that's why you chose Fresno State just because felt like home. It really did. Did like, any coaches grab your attention? Or cause um, I know that the the football guys are saying don't choose because of the coaches because they can always get fired. Or track's leave. a little different. So like my four years, I had the f- same head coach, but we did have quite a few coaching changes. So my first year. Um, the coach who recruited me, Christopher Baptista, he was great. He was like a dad. He was awesome. Um, he actually ended up leaving. Our distance coach ended up leaving. Um, my freshman year, we got a new uh, throws coach. And then my coach came in my sophomore year. We got a new uh, sprints coach, got a new distance coach. And I had switched to – I was with the sprints coach. And then, like – three or four weeks into like training they're like oh we got a multi-event coach so you're switching coaches again I was so mad I was like I have been here less than two years and I'm on my third coach like I was pissed I was like I don't want to train with him like I want to just stick with this coach that I've been training with like I'm so irritated and then turns out he's the best thing that's ever happened to me (laughs) and I'm so glad that he's my coach but I was just so frustrated with the fact that coaches kept changing and then this year, um, our distance coach also left again. She took a really great job in um, either North or South Dakota. And then our head coach also um, left. So for the next classes coming in, it's going to be a, another big change because mm-hmm. depending on who the head coach is, they could fire their entire staff and it'd be all new people. So I guess track is like bo- uh, ba- what sport? football <laughs> in the same sense. That, like, they had DeRuiter, now they have Tedford, and things like that. But you just have to acclimate. And if you're a tough athlete, you're going to. So mm-hmm. usually it's not that bad. What were some things that you heard about Fresno before coming here? Um, everyone told me not to come. Oh, really? Yeah, they that told hurts. me that it was the armpit of California. Oh. <gasps> no, that's Bakersfield, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> And we just lost all our Bakersfield listeners. Just kidding. Love you guys. No, they told, like, people were like, oh, it's the armpit of California. It's so dry. I heard, the one I heard the most was like, oh, it's crime ridden. There's so much crime. Like, so many people get murdered all the time. And I'm like, why are you trying to scare me right now? Like, you think I need to do my homework? I was like, I went on a visit. It wasn't that terrible. But, like, living here for four years, honestly, I'd recommend this school to anyone. Like, you're in the valley. You're only three hours away from LA or San Francisco. Like you don't have to live in LA, which is super expensive or San Francisco, which is super expensive, but you can take a day trip, a weekend trip, anything. Two hours from the beach. Yeah, honestly, like the mountains and it's not expensive to live here. Like if you were to travel just an hour and a half to Modesto, the price of apartments is like $300 more a month just because you're closer to the Bay. Mm -hmm. Like it's terrible. And 
yeah, there's not like a ton to do here, but like if you're focused on athletics like I was, then like the party scene or like those things aren't important to you because like mm. for me, I woke up, I went to class from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. I went to the training room and then at three I went to practice and then at six I went or at five I went to weights and then at six I went back to the training room for recovery. I went home at seven ate dinner, did homework, knocked out. <laughs> like, I don't have time for anything else. No, so, like, no if way. you're a dedicated athlete, which most of the people here at Fresno State, we are, you don't have time for anything else. <laughs> like, of course, on weekends it gets boring, but that's, like, that's when you can take your weekend trips or, like, usually a lot of us are traveling anyways. So, like, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of time if you're serious about your sport and if you want to get to the next level after college to do all of that unnecessary stuff that say asu is doing <laughs> like mm -hmm. asu has party buses that go to vegas every other weekend like we don't have that because you don't want that we don't want that yeah. <laughs> i mean of course it'd be fun but that's why we beat them <laughs> true <laughs> it'd be fun if you weren't an athlete if you're going just to like be a college student but if you're an athlete like fresno state is a great place to go because it keeps you focused on athletics mm -hmm. and so you're great at, you're it's, it's you're more likely to succeed when you're more focused so true. Yeah. I've never heard it described it that way. It's really great. What did you do in your spare time? Slept. <laughs> <laughs> All I did was sleep. No, um, honestly, I have like a shopping problem. <laughs> like, I really do. Like, Fashion Fair is not the best place. Like, it's really a terrible mall. But, <laughs> like, I spend so much time there <coughs> for no reason. You and just go to go. Like, yeah, it's terrible, mostly because there's nothing to do here. But I was, well, I was going to ask you, when you're not doing something and you need something to do in Fresno, I, I know shop. you shop. That's what you do. You <laughs> it's shop. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, That's I why shop. you only have 500 bucks left. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I shop. But, like, I like having recruits because, like, I'll take them to the movies, MB2, uh, No Surrender, Laser Tag, Escape Room. Like, there's stuff to do, but it just, like, costs money. But when it's on the coach's dime, it doesn't matter. <laughs> But, like, there's, a, there's stuff to do. You just have to pay for it. Like, there's not a lot of, like, free entertainment, which it sucks. But, like, mm -hmm. whatever. <laughs> San Joaquin River. We have, what? I've never been. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> Is it gross? <laughs> no, no, no. You After, we'll, I'll tell you everywhere to go in Fresno. Perfect. I mean, I'm, I don't know how much longer I'll be here, but, hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you need somewhere to go, just email us at BewareBulldogsPodcast at gmail.com. I'll let you know where to go. <laughs> Perfect. As plug a, in yourself. Plug. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what was it like playing for different – you talked about the coaching changes, but what was it like playing for them? Because you see other co coaches come in in the big sports like basketball, football, mm -hmm. and they completely change their uh, their scheme or – not too many people know about track and what happens when a coach, a coaching change happens. Tell us about that. So track is different than a lot of sports. So like most sports will have like football has like their um, offensive coach, their defensive coach, mm -hmm. head coach. I don't really know all the coaches they have, but like track is kind of similar in the same sense that you have a head coach, then you have like a distance coach, a throws coach, a jumps coach, a sprints coach, a multis coach, and so like if a head coach gets say fired or leaves then that entire staff can get wiped out because if the new head coach doesn't like them 
he'll just fire them basically so like as an athlete so i listening to jameer's podcast he said like oh don't choose a school based on the coaches but like ncaa has a rule that if your head coach is fired or leaves you're released without any penalty Mm -hmm. so you can follow that coach so like I get what he's saying in an aspect that ha- was never said to me, mm-hmm. but like if your coach leaves and you really want to be with that coach and they really want to have you as an athlete, they can take you with them to wherever they're going. Okay. I mean, of course a football coach isn't going to take 30 guys <laughs> <laughs> over to another um, sport, but like that's, that is always an option in every sport. Cause I know like a few years ago when the basketball coach left, two athletes did follow him mm-hmm. to his new school and like, that happens very often. Like one or two athletes will follow a coach to wherever they are going next because they just have that type of connection and they want to like continue on with that coach. So track being more like individual, is there a different dynamic you think between your teammates? Like what is, what um, is that like? So we all kind of practice, like you have your own group. So like there's, like I said, distance and throws and all that. And we all have different practice times. We all have different coaches, different everything. So like, it sucks because you want to have more of a team aspect, but because you're in different groups, you don't really. Mm-hmm. And then if your like coaching staff doesn't like actively try to like do team things, then you really don't know. Like I try very hard to be involved in everyone's like events. Like mm-hmm. I want to watch throws, I want to watch distance, but like I don't know anything. Like I don't know their PRs. I don't know any like I want to know, like, how, like, I have to ask, like, oh, was that a good throw for them? Like, because I don't know. And so, like, that's just kind of frustrating as, like, a track athlete is, like, not knowing, like, how your teammates are doing because you don't know anything. Right. So there's no one, like, an, there's not another HEP um, athlete with you that trains with you at the same time? Um, this last year, we had two other athletes um, that did the HEP, and then before that, no it was just me wow um but luckily my coach and the sprints coach hold practice at the same time so oh. we're always out there with them um but my sophomore year it was just me my junior year we had another girl and then unfortunately um she was not on the team anymore so then it was just me again <laughs> and then um my senior year we had uh actually my junior year we had two girls that did the pen which is the indoor heptathlon we just don't have the 200 or um javelin and it's all in one day so you just do five events in one day so we had two girls who did that but they didn't uh continue on to outdoor and then this year we had two heps and only one of them competed with me at conference gotcha wow yeah you must have to be like really mentally tough and like you said like you motivate yourself because you really have to yeah track well i think all sport is really just like mental like especially track though because it is just you you have no one else you can rely on you're just relying on yourself like if you get down on yourself it's over because like me i have seven events if i do bad in the first event and i'm down on myself my next six my next my next six events are not going to go well right like if you're always in a bad mindset you're just going to keep it so like my coach always like lets me He's like, you have 15 minutes to be upset about this, and then you need to move on because in 15 minutes after that, you have a new event. Mm -hmm. And so you have to really compartmentalize, and you just have to take each event one at a time, and then once that event's over, you kind of just, like, forget about it. Yeah. What makes Fresno State Bulldog track different from other track teams? Um, 
I mean, we're not a gigantic program. Like, we're not Oregon. We're not Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. We're not Texas State. We're not any of those schools. We're not University of Texas. But we have the potential to be a great program just because of, honestly, our location. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess he's allergic to something. Yeah, Yeah, Justina's Um, dog is in here with us. (laughs) He always comes for rides. Um, But... We just have the potential to be so great and to be one of these big name schools. We just have to work towards getting there and have um, a staff in the university that just like supports us in that. And hopefully that will happen in the next coming decade, I guess. But we'll see. It's going to take a while to build up to that sort of potential. But I think that Fresno State definitely has the means to do it like as long as everyone's on board and that's a common goal it can definitely be done what was walking onto campus for the first day well i know you you, did you come on to a visit for Fresno state yeah what was the difference between your visit and walking onto campus for the first day and seeing everything that was so long ago (laughs) (laughs) um my visit like i went to a class like I sat in on a class with one of the girls that was on the team, so that was pretty cool. I got to see what, like, lecture was like, Um, but I went on a, like, all the, like, through the whole campus on my visit and everything, so I kind of knew what everything was about, like, where all the buildings and stuff were, and then, like, once I got my class schedule, I, like, walked through the campus trying to, like, figure out where my classes were, and at first, I thought the campus was freaking huge. (laughs) I was like, okay, there's no way that I can get from freaking science two over to North Gym. There's no way in 15 minutes. It's not happening. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I can walk from the football stadium all the way to Palazzo's in like five minutes. Like, <laughs> That's why you're so fast. <laughs> but like now I'm just like, this campus is so small. Like, But it's just because I'm so used to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my biggest problem. We, we, we lived on campus for a little bit. I say we, because Jasmine also lived in the dorms. Ooh, the dorm's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Why do people say that? They're like, oh, I love the dorms. So I'm like, oh, you liked your community shower? (laughs) Yeah. You liked that food? Okay, everyone everyone that lived on my floor, we were all buddies, and we all went to that floor, so it... It wasn't. It wasn't as weird. <laughs> it was really fun, but yeah, it was gross. And they haven't been redone like since they were built, like in the forties, probably. <laughs> yeah, and then I also heard like if one thing gets broken, everyone on. Oh like, yeah, we all have to split it. And I'm like, that's wild. That's why all of our buddies moved in the same floor, <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't have to pay for that stuff. Yeah, but that was like I heard that a few times. Like people were just doing some reckless stuff in there, and then everyone had to pay for it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> and then also for like athletes like we've had a few athletes that would live in the dorms and just the dining hall food is not what we need so like they ended up gaining like a lot of weight and just stuff like that and it's just like yeah because when you got fresno state creamery ice cream right there you gotta take it you have to (laughs) right so like sunday monday (laughs) (laughs) you have to take it Uh yeah uh, a lot of uh, coffee and apples if you catch my drift (laughs) (laughs) yeah we do (laughs) these guys that um, do the coaching for multi events you you've been talking about multi events and then you have your throwing coach yeah 
So does the multi-coach also do throwing? And what is the difference between okay, those so two like coaches? Okay, so like throws coach, she had – like we have a, a woman coach, April Smith. She does um, uh, discus, hammer throw, shot put, and javelin. And javelin and shot put are also my events, but she doesn't coach me. My coach coaches me. Okay. So like my coach is only going to teach throws and jumps to multis. But like the jumps coach – and the throws coach will th- teach like predominantly throw athletes mm-hmm. and predominantly jump athletes. But my coach, because I do literally everything, teaches me literally everything. So those other coaches don't really touch you guys? No, not at all. Okay. How did you balance the Fresno State academics with Fresno State athletics? Um, Fresno State gives you a lot of good tools, um, especially my freshman year. So like my freshman year – we got iPads. They don't do that anymore just because a lot of athletes weren't using them for school. <laughs> but, like, we got iPads. We have tutors available. We have, like, I had mandatory study hall hours. And, like, honestly, study hall is terrible. Like, you have to go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was, like, eight hours a week. And if you didn't go, like, you got punished. And so, like, if you had good grades, you got to, like, de- decrease your study hall hours or, like, not have study hall at all. So, like, after my first semester at Fresno State, I got zero study hall hours. And I was like, thank goodness, because I hated it. It's so loud, not a good study atmosphere. (laughs) But they started changing things to, like, other um, rooms and stuff, like quiet rooms. And then you can also do your study hall hours at the library. Because it's just not feasible for a lot of us to, like, have to go into that study hall room. Because, like, me, I would always study between classes. Because my freshman year, I had, like an hour and a half gap between classes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to walk all the way back from um, campus to my apartment to then walk back again because that's just a lot and I'm already practicing a lot. <laughs> so I'd just go to the library and study. And then I'd be like, I'm already studying like six hours in the library and I have to come do eight hours of study hall. This is terrible. <laughs> so they just started counting um, library hours as well. You just have to check in with a librarian there. Well, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So what did you study at Fresno State? Um, my first year, I was a kinesiology major, and then I realized I did not want to do that. And my sophomore year, I switched over to agricultural business. And then this May, <laughs> I graduated with my agricultural business degree. Congratulations. Congrats. Thanks. What do you want to do? What's Okay, well, if track doesn't work out, because I know we'll get into that. I mean, track doesn't last forever, so I'm going to have to have right. a career eventually. <laughs> Do you, are, are you looking to use that ag business degree? I am. So I grew up in Hood River, like I've said, and I worked at this place called the Gorge White House. And it was kind of like a winery. We did hard ciders, beer, fresh flowers, fresh you pick fruit, and then like fruit from our orchards. Sounds amazing. <laughs> literally amazing. It's my favorite place ever. I love going there. But our family friends owned it. Um, the Kennedys, their son did track with me. I love their family, love everything about them, their place. And so I worked for them, and that's kind of where I honestly fell in love with agriculture. But my f- freshman year, I did FFA, which a lot of people don't believe me, but I did FFA. I raised um, lambs. That's awesome. Yeah, so I did raised lambs my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, and then my senior year. Oh, wait, no. I didn't do it my senior year because I was focusing on track. I forgot about that. My junior year, I did a lamb and a steer, and honestly, that was so fun, like steer – like raising a steer was one of the best experiences. He was a giant puppy. Like <laughs> it was just a giant like little puppy that would follow me around. Like it was one of the best experiences, but also it was terrible when I had to 
take her to market. <laughs> like, I cried for so long. It was awful because he was literally like a pet to me, which you really shouldn't do. But <laughs> I'm an animal lover, and it it hurt <laughs> to let him go. <laughs> Did he have a name? His name was Bruno. Oh, <laughs> they say not to name them. They really do, <laughs> and most people don't. They like don't name them until yeah. at fair when you like have to put their name down. But like yeah. as soon as I got mine, I like named them yeah. right away. It was terrible. <laughs> I'm sure he made a wonderful fillet. Oh my gosh! He probably did. <laughs> Sorry, I had to ask. I had to say that. <laughs> no, it, Chris was into Chris did goats. Oh yeah. But. Uh, Lamb and steer are way cooler. Way <laughs> my cooler. mom tried to get my brother into like turkeys just because they're so oh. like cheap to like <laughs> raise and then you get a lot of money for them. So she's like, you just do turkeys. And he was like, ew, absolutely not. <laughs> and she was like, fine, whatever. <laughs> Is your whole family into the ag scene? No, it's really just me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you came to the perfect school. <laughs> yeah, like I know, The best right? ag program in the world. Did you know that? No, you know? I didn't. Oh my gosh. Nope. Yeah. So you were, you were planning kinesiology yeah. when I'm coming... And then you found out about the ag program. Yep. So why ag business and not like enology? Because <laughs> I want to run the business. Oh, I didn't even answer the question that you asked me earlier. With my degree, oh, <laughs> I yeah. want to run something like the Gorge White House. Okay. So like, hopefully, like I know, like I had to take like classes, classes like I did some enology, horticulture, things like that. So I know a little bit. But like I wanted more of like the business aspect. Like I want to run my own business mm-hmm. like that because I just loved it so much and like I want to make people happy like that place makes people happy maybe no, in the valley here <laughs> per, that's what I want to hear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did uh, that program seems to get kids out quick yeah they really do <laughs> did that help in with sports um yes and no so like no matter what I was going to graduate in four years because I'm hard-headed but like <laughs> I, fortunately enough, only took one or two kines classes my freshman year. Like, I mostly was, like, trying to pop out my GEs. And so, like, I finished all my GEs after my third semester or something. So, like, after that, it was all, like, ad classes, one after another. So, I just took a bunch of ad classes. But, like, during season, it's pretty hard, like... Ag Business 100 with Monami, like he's he's a tough guy. <laughs> he <laughs> retired, but like I was missing a lot of class for travel, and uh, I missed almost every single Thursday. And that's when we turned in like our big assignments was on every Thursday. So I would have to have someone else turn it in for me. We had quizzes every time, and like so I was missing those quizzes. And like he was a hard guy to work with, but we finally like got things together and. He cut me a little slack, not a lot, but we got through that class. But it was, it gets hard because some teachers don't want to, like, I had one teacher not in the ag business department because the ag business department is lovely, but in the regular business department, she would not work with me at all. Like, I was traveling and I would miss Friday class and she wouldn't give me notes. She wouldn't, like, let me make up assignments that I missed in class. Like, I was failing her class and it wasn't even my fault. And when I went into her office hours, like, three times, every single time, she was like, you already get enough special treatment as an <gasps> athlete, so why am I going to treat you any different? And I was like, okay. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, but she, like, wouldn't let me do any assignments. And, like, so I was failing the class. And I was like, I'm going to have to take this class again because you're, like, not giving me the tools I need to succeed. Like, 
as simple as like notes so like i would ask other people for notes but like they're not good like people <laughs> don't take good notes like i just want like because she had slides and she would write on them every single day mm-hmm. so like she has notes like because she'd put them in the file but then she'd lock the notes like they'd be on blackboard but she'd lock them and i'm like okay can you just like unlock them and let us see the notes <laughs> like what's the point of you locking your notes like everyone can benefit from seeing those again and she was just a hard lady but i got a c in her class not happy <laughs> <laughs> it's fine we graduated that's C's why get degrees, ag right? business <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> ag business instead of regular business <laughs> yeah go ag business never go regular business <laughs> yeah, there you go <clears throat> i haven't asked anybody else this but i I'm going to start and you're going to be the test dummy. Oh, perfect. Okay. So <laughs> when you tell someone that you're a Fresno State Bulldog, what does that mean to you? Um, I love being a Fresno State Bulldog, but most of the time, like at nationals, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a Bulldog. They always go Georgia. Oh, gosh. Like, no, I'm not a Georgia Bulldog. I'm from Fresno State. And that's kind of irritating that peop- more people don't know, like, that there's more than just the Georgia Bulldogs yeah. or the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Like, there's the Fresno State Bulldogs. But, I mean, it means a lot to me to wear that symbol on my chest every time I compete and to wear Fresno State across my chest when I compete. Um, it would be great if more people knew about our university and how great it is, but it still means a lot to me to wear that name and that logo because the people from the Valley do know who we are, and those people really care about us and we have some really amazing supporters in all of the athletics and even in the college in general so it's just when you wear that jersey or that logo it's for those people for your family it's not just for you anymore it's for all the people who support you and who are around you and all the people who supported the people before you and after you so you're really wearing that jersey and being a bulldog for thousands of people it's not just a few people it's for thousands of people who believe in you who believe in the um, university that you're at and the program you're at and things like that so it just means a lot to wear that and just know like how deep it resonates with others wow (laughs) well said (laughs) i want to get into your accomplishments because we haven't got there yet and you oh those aren't important (laughs) no they're not but i think they are the, Do uh, we have time to list them all? Because, <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> I mean, it's just Justina Matson, Fresno State, and then it lists everything. So <laughs> Yeah, we Googled it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. It took me a while to read, but uh, <laughs> tell, so tell us. Uh, so you don't have to go through all of them, but, you know, some people may have never heard of you. Mm-hmm. So, so what are your – what accomplishments resonate with you the most? Um, I am a four-time conference championship in the Mountain... Conference championship. I'm going to start over. (laughs) I'm a four-time Mountain West conference champion. I'm a five-time conference... um, What do they call it? Scorer, I guess? Or top three. Uh And then I am a two-time All-American. That's it. And now you hold records at Fresno State as well. I do. I hold record in the heptathlon as well as the pentathlon and that's in points scored mm-hmm. right? okay because you score points per per event yeah so like depending on how fast you run how far you jump how far you throw you get more points and then after all seven of your events your point total is added up for a total score mm-hmm. 
Well, good luck to everyone trying to beat all her records. But <laughs> did, um, did you have any idea that you would be doing that, th- have those accomplishments? Um, I hoped that I would. Um, obviously, sorry, I have hiccups all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I hoped that I would um, score higher, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that people beat my records just because, like, other people would think they're impressive. But for me, I just expect more from myself. But I have to remember that I am so young in this event. This is only my third year doing it. So I have to, like, realize that. Um, but I hope people beat my records. <laughs> of course. I want people to be great. <laughs> um, more people need to support other athletes because um, I've seen it a lot throughout my career that if one athlete is doing better than you, that, the like, you think, not me personally, but other athletes think, like, they can't succeed as well. But everyone grows at their own pace. And I don't know, like, especially the past few years in a lot of athletics, like, athletes don't support other athletes just because they feel like if they support them, it's mostly just a jealousy thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you support other athletes, like, they're going to support you back and everyone grows at different paces, everyone PRs at different speeds. And you just have to realize that, like, yeah, this person may be that much farther ahead than you, but you're young or, like... Maybe you're older than them and they're moving faster, but you don't know their background. You don't know the different, they don't know the hardships you've been through. You don't know the blessings they've gotten. So like you really can't compare yourself to other athletes. So I just hope that someone beats my record. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that you addressed that. I feel like there's this lie floating around, like if one person's succeeding, you suddenly can't. Yeah, it's so weird to me, like, um, I've just like had I've dealt with athletes that would be mad at me because I'm a multi and I'll beat them in their open event and then mm. they'll have some sort of like grudge towards me because of it and it's just it's so weird to me like when I see an athlete that's better than me I want to like learn from them and do as they do I don't hate them or like hold a grudge like we had a girl my sophomore year she was better than me at the hat unfortunately she didn't finish but like having someone who is better than me push me to want to be better than her so like it just didn't it doesn't make sense to me when athletes like think that because someone else is succeeding they won't so they feel like they have to bring that person down so that they can kind of like climb on top of them and be ahead again it just doesn't make a lot of sense no it doesn't (laughs) year to year what did you look forward to in whether that being school or in track, what kept what kept you going? Kept saying, "I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna compete in the HEP." Nationals. Nationals. Yeah. So like we have meetings at the beginning of every year about our goals, and I told my coach, "I'm going to nationals, indoor and outdoor. There's not a chance that I'm not gonna do that. Like it's happening." <laughs> and we haven't had an athlete go to indoor nationals since 2000. 13 or something and before that it was like 1996 wow and you're yeah, going i went you went <laughs> yeah <laughs> i went and it was great i had a lot of fun i placed 13th in the nation in indoor and 12th outdoor um both meets weren't the best but they weren't the worst either they were my second best point totals in those two events so i can't complain but it was fun it was a great experience and then now it's taking me to different heights I'll be in Italy next week to compete at the University Games for the USA team. And then after that, 
USA Nationals, and then we'll see how everything goes from there. <laughs> What's the difference between Nationals and USA Nationals? So na- the Nationals that I just competed in was for NCAAs. Got it. So got it was like the Collegiate Nationals. Mm-hmm. But USA Nationals is... Pros? Pros. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's a pro. <laughs> Good for you. That's great. Yeah, thanks. Tell us about your uh, toughest opponent in the track world. My toughest opponent? Or I w- okay, track's different because it's like an actual person, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it is an <laughs> actual person. <laughs> yeah, it's an actual... Uh, it's very personal. But, when but I'll answer the question. You'll answer it? Mm-hmm. My toughest okay. opponent is myself, honestly, mm. because you have the physical aspect and the mental aspect, and mentally I'm fighting myself every single competition. Like if I have a bad meet or a bad event, I'm fighting myself to not think about that event and to keep pushing and trying to get a better score because at Conference Outdoor, I jumped awful in the high jump, terrible. And I came back in um, shot put, and I threw, I think it was 11 or 11.90 something, and then I PR'd in the 200, and I PR'd for day one after having a terrible high jump, <laughs> literally awful. And that's just how it has to be. Like, you're constantly battling your inner self, especially in track, because it is so um, individualized. So, like, my biggest opponent is and will always be myself. I love it. That's great. That's great. You're always going to get better then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as a, as a track team, was there like a school you guys all looked forward to competing? Or no, because meets are different. You compete with so many schools at once. I mean, in our conference, there's schools that are like really big programs that you just always want to be. And just because of our program being small right now, it's not really feasible for us. But like Colorado State, we want to take them down. <laughs> like, they're always freaking winning. Every like men and women's side team like their team totals are out of this world. It's just ridiculous. And I'm like, one day can someone please take down Colorado State? Anybody? It's gonna be the dogs. It's gonna be. I the hope. <laughs> Message has been sent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Colorado State, we're coming for you. <laughs> what was your relationship like with the Red Wave? Because I know that it's not as popular as football and basketball. And we talked about this earlier, but what was your, your personal relationship like with the red wave? I didn't have one, which is really unfortunate. Right, yeah. Like I didn't have a relationship with the red wave. We didn't really have fans that supported us. We never had ice cream socials or things like that. that other teams have, we never really got a chance to meet our boosters. I don't know if that's the university, if it, that was our head coach, but like my four years being here, I never met a single booster. Like, I don't know any of our sponsors, anything like that. We never really had fans just because it's not really publicized that we have track meets here in the Valley, and which is really unfortunate. Like, hopefully that changes, but currently the track team at Fresno State isn't really, um, I don't want to sound rude, but it's not really important to the university. Like, they don't really care, mm-hmm. which we're doing just fine without their support. But it would be <laughs> great to have it. Um, but it would be great to have their support and have more awareness of our program because, honestly, a lot of people didn't know who I was before mm-hmm. March yeah. of this year. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no one knew who I was, and I've been here for four years. And now you're everywhere. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> That's important, you know, to say and people to know. Is there anything that 
you know, anywhere they're putting it out there other than like Gold Bulldog's website? Is there a social media people could follow? I mean, our social media team has been way better this year than they have in the past. Um, in the past, we really didn't have much social media. Like our Twitter, our Instagram really wasn't <laughs> out there. Like people didn't know about it. And then Fresno State Athletics, like Instagram and Twitter, didn't really repost us. So people really didn't know. But this year, they've been doing a lot better. I think that's just because of the success that we're having this year, that they're a little more, like, intrigued. Oh, we have a track team. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, like, we've been successful in years prior. We had um, a javelin thrower, a hammer thrower, a discus thrower go to nationals last year. And they still got no recognition. And last year, we had five people go to regionals and still not really any recognition. Wow. It just kind of sucks because, like, we're really working hard every single day. We're out at the track in the blistering heat in the middle of the day, going to weights, doing all this stuff. And then, like, to not get that support from your university, it kind of sucks. Like, you're doing all this for them because you love being a bulldog and, like, you want to do great things, but then you aren't getting, like, the support or, like, the feedback that you want and not saying that you should do athletics to get recognition because that's definitely not like what I'm saying but like of course it's great to be recognized like you shouldn't do it to be recognized but it just kind of hurts when you're not recognized especially when you're doing well exactly and we've had a lot of athletes in the past that have done great things and were not recognized for those things. And it's just really unfortunate. I was going to say, Fresno State track team has had some awesome athletes yeah. come mm -hmm. out of there. Like, wait, in the past, they've gone to the Olympics. and then Yeah, exactly. And we just, our program at this time just isn't at the caliber that it should be. But hopefully with this new head coach coming in, whoever it may be, that hopefully changes and um, Terry Toomey has been doing a fantastic job at. He's an um, awesome guy. He's yeah. really great. He's been doing a fantastic job at kind of getting um, more awareness into the program. So hopefully that momentum just keeps building and more people become more um, aware of the track team. And next May, the Mountain West Conference Championships are going to be back at Buchanan Stadium. So I hope to see a lot more people in the stands because it's really hard as an athlete training for nine months or in my case, two years without a break and then going to your final final stage for a lot of athletes at the Mountain West Conference is their final stage to having barely anyone in the stands to watch all of your your progress. I'm, I'm happy you said that. I know, and I know it's tough to yeah. say. But Especially for the multi-events, like a lot of people, every single time I tell people I do the heptathlon, I get asked like, what is that? Because no one knows about it. And it's because NCAA, USA Track and Field, they don't really advertise it. And it's um, like what multi-event athletes do is amazing. Like yeah. it's seven events, ten events in a short period of time. Like most track athletes are doing one, maybe two, sometimes three events. We're doing seven and ten. And like it's always pushed to the back burner or like for Mountain West, it's Wednesday and Thursday. Who's going to come out to the track on Wednesday <laughs> and Thursday? Absolutely yeah. no one. Yeah. So like when I competed at conference, there was the teams were there, of course, like supporting their athletes, but like actual like fans, I could count them on my hands. Mm -hmm. wow. Like it was terrible. Like, especially like my senior year, like having no one there. And like, unfortunately my parents weren't able to make it because they were, they went to nationals with me. 
but like and they had to come for graduation so they couldn't afford <laughs> three trips but like I didn't even have my f- my family there which was like hard and then to not have fans there either was even worse but like luckily I had my coach I had my friends so that was great all right fans so follow the they have an Instagram and Twitter you said yeah it's yeah. at um, FS track and field I'm yeah. pretty sure so you can know when to go and then follow me on Instagram yes. <laughs> yeah just you know we'll let you know <laughs> what's your Instagram um, it's at Stina with four A's, <laughs> <laughs> but you can probably type in my name and it'll come in there as well. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I got a hold of her. <laughs> but you were talking about the, these multiple athletes. Sorry, I'm going to talk track again. I'm it's okay. I, I'm a I, track athlete. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, everyone knows Usain Bolt, of course. Of course. But he runs like two or three events. He runs and the one and the two and the four by one. Right. And, but, and those are all sprinting. Yep. <laughs> and you do eight. Seven. Seven. Octathlon. <laughs> Seven. And you do sprinting, throwing. I, I think that's amazing. It's a lot of fun, honestly. Like, I love doing what I do. I always make the joke that I was built for this. But, like, honestly, like, I was built for this. <laughs> like, I can do seven events and be fine. Like, I love it. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like beast mode over here. <laughs> you're going to Italy. You said that. Yep. Where after Italy, you're going to USA Nationals? Yeah, in Iowa. Corn. It. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> they set up no a corn maze value. for you? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that from the food science major. <laughs> Absolutely no nutritional value. <laughs> I would say a gross joke, but it's gross. I was going to say, there's one thing I can help you with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after, after those events, what, what is your plan? I wish I could tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no idea. Honestly, um, it all kind of depends on this whole head coach thing. If my coach is still here, hopefully I'll be able to stay and train with him. Um, I might have to start looking for a new coach. It's kind of unfortunate because I really don't want to switch coaches right before an Olympic year just because I am trying to make it to the trials. So it would be really unfortunate to have to switch coaches. So hopefully I remain here in the Valley or somewhere close that I can still like come out and um, see my coach at least three days a week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, hopefully I can get down into the um, training camp, training facility down in San Diego. We'll see how that goes. Um, there's a few options that I can do at this point. It's kind of all up in the air. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so the end goal is Olympics. Yeah. I don't, I think the 2020 Olympics are a little bit of a long shot just because I am so young. Mm-hmm. Um, in the event, this is only my third year. I had to learn literally everything except for sprints. <laughs> wow. Um, but I think that 2024 is a good goal to reach for. So I'm going to reach for that and then we'll see how that goes. And then we got 2028. See how that goes. It's just <laughs> all God willing. Whatever he has planned for me, that's what's going to happen. So we're just going to keep pushing. <laughs> that leads me into the question that we ask everybody is you're, you had a long journey of track and well, other sports too through mm-hmm. high school and coming from Oregon. What role has your faith played in your journey? Um, in high school, I wasn't really big in faith. Like I wasn't not into faith, but I really just, I didn't talk to God as much as I do now. I didn't really go to church, anything like that. Um, But really this last year, I've gotten really in touch with my faith and just like 
given my everything to God. I actually got um, baptized right um, between, so I finished day one of conference and I got baptized that night <laughs> and I did day two. So that was really awesome. That's, that is awesome. So I got baptized this year. Um, God plays a really big role in my everyday life. He plays a really big role in my sport. Like without him, none of this would be possible. He does everything for me. Um, so he constantly, like I sometimes don't do a good job at talking to him during competition. And he always reminds me like, you need to talk to me during competition because he does know that I um, suffer mentally sometimes. And at indoor conference, I was praying to him and I was like, please God, like just let me get three more heights. And that was to match my PR. And so like I got those three heights and I was like, okay, one more, one more. And I didn't get that next height. And then afterwards he like talked to me and he was like, you only asked for three. You didn't ask for four. And I was like, <laughs> you really got me on a technicality. I was so mad. I was like, he really got me on a technicality. But like after indoor nationals, I didn't compete as well as I wanted to. And I kind of was just like reflecting on it with God. And I was just like, what was it? And he was like, you weren't talking to me. And every time I have a bad meet, well, not a bad meet, but a meet that I thought was going to go better than it did, and I go to reflect on it with God, it's always, you weren't talking to me enough. So that's my biggest problem with my faith is that I get so caught up in the competition that I forget to talk to him as much as I should. That's what Jasmine and I, sh I think our biggest struggle is bringing him all the glory and praise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's we really have to stay focused on that. Uh, well, we like, do. it's yeah. so easy. Like, I'm driving in the car by myself. I could talk to him the whole time instead of listening to music. And it's just like little things like that. Like there's so much time in the day when you're just in your own head that you can talk to him and that I just don't do it. And it's ridiculous. Like, mm -hmm. why am I not doing it? And I guess like sometimes I feel silly because I'm like, I'm talking to God so much, but like ultimately it's, it helps me. So like, mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing. I love it. <laughs> Great. Yeah, totally. It's, yeah, I feel like when he has your blessing on, his blessings on your life, it just like everything is smooth. He's given me, <laughs> he's given me so much grace and continues giving, and that's just who he is. And I'm just so thankful to have him in my life and to like continue on with this sport. And all the times that I wanted to give up, he's like kept me going and told me that like, no, you're not done yet. This isn't over. So like, I'm like, fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we're still going. He's, he Aww. hasn't told me we're done yet yet. So we're still going. Mm. Good for you. What did you learn from track at Fresno State that you have taken into life now? Um, honestly, patience. Like and like like I said earlier, like compartmentalizing. Like I have a bad habit of thinking about everything at once and just getting so overwhelmed. So like taking things step by step is really like has helped me a lot, especially with the multi like in the multi events having to do that. And then implementing that into my everyday life, it's just so much easier, like with classes and stuff. One thing that kind of sucks that I hated was like from the time you're born until you go to college, your parents make all your decisions for you. So, And then once you get into college athletics, especially at this D1 level, all of your decisions are made for you. You don't make any of your own decisions. And then you get out of college and you're told that, now's your time to shine you get to make all your decisions <laughs> and i'm like i don't know how like for 22 years i've never made my own decisions so i don't know how to do it and so like 
that was kind of hard because like I have to figure out all this stuff out on my own that usually is done for me and I'm like I'm I have no idea <laughs> like I need help and so I'm constantly like calling my mom for like big girl real world advice and she's like Jess you know how to do this you're just freaking out for no reason and I'm like yeah but I just wasn't ready <laughs> but the compartmentalizing really helped with that to like try to understand things better because once you graduate college it really is just kind of like thrown at you like the real world and you're not really prepared for it so a lot of um students in general not just athletes probably take that really hard because I know I did and I was pretty well off coming out and Mm -hmm. I've had I've talked to people who actually like signed with Nike or something um right out of college and they still were like I don't know what the heck I'm doing like they were still so confused (laughs) and I'm like yeah no idea like it's just it's just hard sometimes <laughs> that's so real no one everyone's faking it we <laughs> really fake, are. even if they look like Every they know what they're person. doing i'm like i know that you're just terrible on the inside <laughs> <laughs> and it makes you feel better <laughs> so if you're gonna sign with somebody right would you sign with nike or like forever 21 or <laughs> Um, I don't think that Forever 21 makes track spikes, oh, okay. but if they did, <laughs> no, uh, I don't want that low quality on my body. <laughs> um, honestly, I've t- thought about this a lot and just like no disrespect to Nike, love their brand, but they have so many athletes that want to be sponsored by them that they can get away with treating their athletes not as well as they should or giving them what they deserve. So, um... I don't think I'd sign with Nike. Maybe like starting, I'd sign with Nike if I wasn't I had, didn't have any other other offers. But honestly, I'd sign with a smaller company like New Balance or make your own. Ma- make my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything like that. But like really, whatever is presented to me, um, I'm just gonna be thankful for that. So I'll really take any offer that's presented to me at this point until I'm big enough to actually make a decision. <laughs> right. Wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I see your tattoos. Oh, I tell, have a lot. You have a lot? Okay, yeah. tell us about the ones that I can see. Um, this one, <laughs> my, my half sleeve is just kind of like florals and geometrics, and I just wanted it. <laughs> so I got That's that pretty. one. Um, the flowers that are on my forearm, they're actually an iris and um, daisies, and they're for my two little brothers. It's their birth month flowers. Um, my youngest brother, when I got the tattoo, he was like nine, I believe. And he was like, really, Jess? Why would you get flowers? I don't even like flowers. Why wouldn't you get Spider-Man? <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not getting Spider-Man. Um, but he was not happy with my tattoo when I told him it was for him. Uh, the one on my arm, it says, I've got me for life. And in high school, I went through some really tough times. Um, I faced like depression. I did a, I just did a lot of self-harm. So that one was just like for me, like I got me through it. And so that one covers up some of my scars, and that's just my personal one. Like, just a reminder, like, you've always got yourself, no matter what, because it sometimes feels like everyone around you is out to get you, but I've always got me, so just got to remind yourself sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And now God got you, too. Yeah, he really does. (laughs) Um, And then this other one on my arm, it says, I love you twice in two different handwritings, and those are my great-grandparents' handwriting. They mean the absolute world to me. Ralph and Patty, love them so mm-hmm. much. Um, 
thankfully they're still with us i get to see them all the time not as much as i want just because i'm here and they're all the way in oregon Mm -hmm. but they're some of my biggest supporters i love them so much so i got their um handwriting tattooed on me and my grandma at first was like why would you do that why would you (laughs) tattoo your body like that and i'm like grandma just come on just just be like oh that's so cute and move on (laughs) and then i have quite a few others i have mount hood on my side um I have the solar system on my shoulder. I have life is beautiful on my back. I have a rose on my hip. I have quite a few things. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give us some advice. Not us. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners. If, yeah. Give the who let's say to the athlete that is working towards a D one uh not necessarily scholarship, but wants to compete at the track level at D1, what advice would you give them? Do not give up. Every single time that you're going to meet, no matter how big or how small it is, you have to think about your end goal. You have to think about that scholarship and competing for that scholarship. It doesn't matter if you're at a meet that's really low caliber and you're the best and you're going to blow everyone out because that time, if you run a faster time, if you get a better PR, that's more offers that'll come to you. That's like you cannot give up on yourself because if you give up, you're just you're setting your own, yourself up for failure. Like if you at, at least try, you have more of a chance than if you don't take things seriously. Like I had a lot of um, teammates and friends who partied all through high school, and that's very common. I didn't party in high school. I went to one party and I got an MIP. And I wasn't even drinking. And it was terrible. And it was my sophomore year. I got kicked off the track team. I had to fight my way back on. My mom had to take me to the hospital to get a blood alcohol test to show that I wasn't drinking. A bunch of rumors were made up about me that I got back on the team because I told the police who were drinking. I lost a lot of friends. It was terrible. But, like, ultimately, like, I had to fight my way through all of that so that I could get to where I am now so I could continue to compete. Because if I wouldn't have been able to compete my sophomore year, who knows what would have happened the years after that. Like, it just, you really have to think about the decisions that you're making and the consequences that come from those actions because something as harmless as just going to a party with your friends could turn into your whole life being turned upside down in a matter of 20 minutes for no reason. And so you have to really think about what your priorities were. So, like, I didn't have a lot of friends in high school just for the fact that I didn't drink or party or do any of that stuff. And they were doing that. Like, it was a small town, so Mm -hmm. there wasn't really much else to do. So I really didn't have a lot of friends because I was focused on getting to college and getting a D1 scholarship. And no one else in my town really was focused on things like that. So I really didn't have a lot of friends in that aspect because – on weekends I was just at home I or doing club volleyball or something and they were all out partying and doing other stuff and so you just really have to keep your goals in mind with every single decision you make on and off the track or on and off the court on and off the field Mm -hmm. I love that (laughs) perseverance it's it's tough (laughs) (laughs) now what about some advice and for the Fresno State athlete um, for the Fresno State athlete, no matter what, if you're feeling down about your program, about your coaches, just know that all the other athletes on the campus are probably feeling something like at least someone is feeling the same way that you are. So like reach out and like 
FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I started going this year, it was such a great thing for me. And I met a lot of people and like just reach out to other athletes and try to get other to know other athletes because they know what you're going through, even if they're not on your team. And like you can get a different aspect of what's going on. So like if you're feeling down or if you feel like this isn't where you want to be anymore, like always look to someone else for guidance and like you'll find it somewhere. Just don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jess, do you have anything else for her? No, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and yeah, chatting with us and driving out here. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Pretty. Oh. I love I love uh, ag, so got to see a lot of wine, grapes, oh, and table grapes and stuff like that. I've never actually been out here, so it was cool. <laughs> Okay, we need to take her around. Yeah, <laughs> we need to take her to all the wineries. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I do love wineries, but we're going to have to wait till I get back from Italy. I know. <laughs> Actually, USA's. So in a month, I'll come back. Perfect. <laughs> there, we'll do that. Thanks for listening to Boyer Bulldogs podcast. This has been a, I don't know, this has been a long one, but it's been a great one. <laughs> so for Jasmine and I, Justina, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, uh, they like me enough to bring me back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You're welcome I'll, anytime. I'll keep you updated on, uh, or I'll give you an update on the pro-life and how that's going. So. Yes, and then we'll update everyone else. Yeah, perfect. Well, hopefully, they don't. we don't have to, and they'll just uh, find it. True. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you guys follow my career. I'd love that. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks again, and go dogs.